All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. All right, we went through all the Danalytics stuff, the Ravens uh, implosion yesterday. Zay Flowers, he giveth, he took it away as well for Baltimore in a terrible day. Uh, once again in the postseason for Lamar Jackson. But all that being said, for both those teams, I think either one of them could find themselves back in the uh, back in the saddle again next year with an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. Now, just looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, which conference is tougher and deeper, I think it's probably a tougher road for Baltimore. And by the way, their oh, division yeah. is a killer. You had three teams with double-digit wins this year, one of which did it with a horseless head at quarterback, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Cincinnati somehow got nine wins without their true star quarterback the majority of the season. Even when he was playing, Joe Burrow was not, in fact, Joe Burrow. So I think it's going to be harder for the Ravens and the fact that they had such a super season. Again, they had the best uh, differential uh, in the NFL when they were plus 203. They murdered all these NFC teams this season, including the 49ers. I think their offseason, man, you know, they're going to have to have a really good offseason. Now, here's the guy going for him. They got Lamar Jackson, right? And he's he is an MVP level player in the regular season just like Josh Allen is for the Bills. Now, here's the problem. Uh, can he make sure you have a second full season of a healthy Lamar Jackson? Because that has been an issue in the past. Also, you got to, again, you got to tweak. you gotta, you got to continue to add on the defense. It looks like there's a, still a chance they could lose their D coordinator, which yep. is tough, right? Um, you gotta, but you got to add another weapon on offense or two, as we talked about before. It'd be nice if they could actually keep the, the projected number one running back for the whole season playing, because that never seems to happen with them. Whereas Detroit, look, Jordan Love's not getting any worse each year. I, I could see that. They're probably losing their OC, Ben Johnson. Uh, Minnesota, you would like to think they're going to get their quarterback uh, health, have full quarterback next year. Who knows what the Bears bring. And then, you know, the NFC, though, it's still more of a wide-open conference. Right? Like, who knows which direction the Eagles are going. We'll get to them later on. They did something very interesting this weekend. Uh, 49ers aren't going anywhere. Uh, you know, you look at it like that. But I, I still think Detroit probably should feel better. I think, you know... We're just looking at it from the Vegas odds standpoint for whatever that means in the futures. Detroit's going to be among the top handful of teams in the NFC to win it next year. They're going to be there. Whereas the Ravens, if you start factoring in, okay, the Bills, you know, a full season of, you know, Joe Brady is the OC. You know, maybe they do some tweaking in the offseason. They'll, they'll pump up Miami again. You know, clearly the, the Chiefs are going to be there. You know, and now what, what kind of bump Harbaugh gives the Chargers? I don't think the Ravens are going to be as high up in the AFC. So, and I think that's probably right. I would, I would say the Lions, and again, all this is dependent on what happens in the next month from now, two months from now with the offseason. But I, I would still feel, even though it's got to be gut wrenching because you hadn't been there in, since 91, pff, at least you've been there since 91. Yeah. I could tell you that. Mm-hmm. That's a long road. Um, I would still think the the Lions to me have have a lot to be encouraged about and excited about going next year. It should feel like they should be back in this NFC Championship game and battling. I mean, I, at least they'll be in the mix. the The yeah. only thing I worry about is you, we really do not have any idea what that offense is going to look like next year because now you got to hire a new OC more than likely, and this is you know later on in the hiring cycle too when everybody else has already been able to do that. Unless you got a guy you like, I bet they have somebody that where you could you know prom- yeah. promote from within or something like that. Now the Lions do have, according to PFF, the Lions do have about forty five million in effective cap space too, Beautiful. so certainly room to improve the roster. Now if you look at the Ravens, they've got about five million yeah. of effective cap space. You've been you know they're going to massage that they're going to sure. restu- restructure stuff and and things like that and you're right i think the the nfc you got a bit a little bit better of a chance of 
are repeating. It's just, I, I again, you make some good points. The division's not getting any worse. And I just don't, and you don't know how this is going to affect them, right? Like, is this going to be a Buffalo Bills situation where this loss is going to carry over with them into the next season? I don't know. So, so mentally, I'm just wondering where these guys are going to be at. Yeah, I, I just, you know, again, 12 and five, they were a team that, uh, you know, this year they played with everybody. They, they beat the Chiefs week one. We saw the, they, they could travel. They play well away from home. You know, there were six wins in both home or versus away. Again, yesterday, there was a lot of good stuff that they did yesterday. They didn't close it, they didn't close it right? Like, they, they did miss the little things. You can't be that charitable uh, with drops, and certainly with, you know, the fumble was a killer and those kind of things. And you got to score when you get the chance in, in a late-game situation where they couldn't qu- score quick enough and they wasted too much time, unfortunately. So th- those are the kind of things that they'll be kicking themselves in the butt all off season about. But I still think you just walk away from this thing pretty happy. Jared Goff now in this system for the last, you know, two and a half seasons, really when Ben Johnson took it over has been really good. And I think if they had, if it's Mark Brunel, um, I don't know. I think it would probably be him or maybe, maybe Fred. Like, I don't know uh, that they'll, they'll hand it to. I mean, again, Campbell does some unconventional stuff, who knows which way they go, but I, I think they've been in it long enough now that they are going to they're going to be able to handle it and and be all right. I think they'll be okay as far as, you know, even with Johnson leaving and that that's that's what good happens with good teams. I mean, yeah. you're you're going to have your OCs and DCs leave if you're doing it right, people are going to pick them. I mean, look what the look what the um 49ers have gone through, right? They've had a million DCs at this point, uh, Robert Solid, Demico Ryans and um obviously what they've got going on now is not as good as, as those years and Steve Wilkes, but I still think you you still see a, a foundationally strong defense. Now again, maybe it's not as dominant as some of those other years. I mean, frankly, I don't think their their pass rush is nearly as good as it used to. I don't no, Nick not Bosa, at all. Nick Bosa has not been near. We, we pick on Chase Young all we want, and we should. But, well, but, of course. But, but Nick Bosa has not been particularly good uh, this season on a, on a consistent basis. And clearly, Randy Gregory is he's done nothing. If Chase Young's taking eighty percent of the snaps and not producing, right. tells you what Randy Gregory is bringing, which is nothing. Uh, as a pass rusher. But, you know, you look at that staff, and I was doing this last week. So it's Brunel, Hank Fraley's the uh, OC. Um, Tanner Engstrand is the uh, passing game coordinator. And, you know, they've got they, – so they have, you know, maybe somebody from within. JT Barrett's their assistant um, QB's coach behind Brunel. But I, I would think, you know, look, man, Mark Brunel's been around a long time. Guy played in a lot of different systems. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, this was his time to finally, you know, get to be the play caller. Could be, or does Ben Johnson snatch him over to to come either to the Commanders or the Seahawks with him? You got to always yeah. keep that in mind too. And uh, you know, you talked about you know people. But you're losing, not going to get to call plays there. Yeah, you talked about people losing members of their staff though. So are they going to be the Niners or are they going to be the Eagles? True, because the Eagles right. lost their right. their coordinators no, and look fair. what happened to them. No, that's fair, and they're you know they're replacing two of them again this year. And uh, that, that's that's a big question. And then I think the the larger thing in in the case of these two teams is, you know, <laughs> Dan Campbell is is the franchise, right? Like he is there's no questioning like right. where the leadership's coming, who's the guy who makes it go, who you know what I'm saying? Whereas with the Eagles <laughs> Yeah. As time goes on here, we're like, Yeah, is he just the is he the head coach? Is he a CEO? Is he what exactly you do here? Uh what is it you do here, Nick? <laughs> What do you do here, Nick? And, I, and that seems really unfair for a guy who's only going to the playoffs every freaking season. And they were beat up, to to, their, to be fair uh, for them. Well, the quarterback certainly was. Yeah. 
Um, I'll be I'll be fascinated to uh, see how that goes. But it, look, Ben Johnson, one way or the other, is going to be out of here. There is some sort of update, speculation, update. I don't know. We'll go through all the gymnastics of what this Ben Johnson stuff is all about uh, over these uh, next few days, I'm sure. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that in the 5 o'clock hour a little bit more. Uh, the Lamar Jackson legacy stuff we'll get to. Jim Harbaugh yesterday on CBS. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh in the pregame was very interesting talking about his new gig with the Chargers. And as I predicted, he did not Raven gear out. That's right. And he didn't charge her out. That's right. He just came there like Jim Harbaugh. And I'm not even sure he was wearing uh, Walmart khakis, which is pretty impressive for him. So anyway, we'll get to all that stuff coming up. And this uh, is football at four continues. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. And we are brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. All right, I got Dropkick Murphy tickets to give away sometime this hour. They're going to be at Chartway Arena on March 7th. Uh, tickets are on sale right now, by the way, for that show. I did notice that when I was over at Chartway this weekend. They have signs everywhere. Um, so be able to listen out for that between now and 5. We'll do that this hour, and then we have more giveaways in the next hour. I mean, we're just so dang generous today, it's absurd. All right, I got a good text here from Ryan in Portsmouth. It says, in regards to who gets back next, I say the Lions. Based on QBs alone, AFC, you got Mahomes, Burrow and Healthy in the same division. Tua, Harbaugh-led Herbert uh, could be a different animal. C.J. Stroud, NFC, it's Dak, Jalen, and Brock. Yeah, very good. All the quarterback talent is in the AFC, the generational quarterback talent, for sure. All right, so Lamar Jackson not getting to a Super Bowl. What would that mean? Like, when was the last time, in this case, will be a multi MVP winner it would be never would be the answer to the question Uh a multi-quarterback MVP not to at least get to the Super Bowl has never happened quarterbacks that win multiple MVPs they get to Super Bowls well and and in real life uh, they've won Super Bowls but if you go back over the years and you know I don't want to get too far back in the history of this thing but we could if we wanted to we go back in the 50s even but just looking at uh, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era is probably more more logical uh, to do when we're talking about this thing. So over the last, what, 57, 58 years, the guys that have, um, you know, won multiple MVP awards, uh, when you look at that, because he's probably about to win a multiple MVP award. I mean, you're talking about Brett Favre, Joe Montana, of course, before Favre, in terms of quarterbacks, I'm talking about Kurt Warner won multiple MVPs uh, with the Rams, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Uh, a guy named Tom Brady won multiple MVPs, as did a fellow named Peyton Manning. Um, so you get the point. All these guys that I'm mentioning, Aaron Rodgers, have all won at least a Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, most recently, Patrick Mahomes has won two MVPs. And even if you want to just base it off of in the Super Bowl era, you know, or really even the last, let's let's say go back into the 80s. I mean, I, I was looking fishing for this earlier. So guys that won Super Bowls, or excuse me, that won MVPs that did not make a Super Bowl, right? Didn't make a Super Bowl. I, I could find Brian Seip, um didn't make a Super Bowl. And that was, he's with the Browns, of course, in 80. Of course, the Browns never made a Super Bowl, have never made a Super Bowl. Um, so that was the one from, like, that's the most recent person. Uh, in terms of guys that made a Super Bowl that lost as an MVP, Rich Gannon, of course, Cam Newton most recently, Steve McNair uh, went to a Super Bowl as, you know, as an MVP, but lost in the Super Bowl. Um, it was a different season, though. It wasn't his same year. 
Anyway, so those are the guys. So there are guys that, yes, you win MVPs, but you at least get to the Super Bowl. But in terms of like the last time there's been somebody, a quarterback that has won a, a MVP and then, you know, in the next decade didn't make it to a Super Bowl, it's like Brian Sipes the only guy I can find, like, of the last 30 years. Not exactly a household name. 40 years, yes. But Sipes, you know, there's had some good teams there. And unfortunately, they had that, that guy, uh, John Elway, that uh, got in the way a few times. Well, and then there's that. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's that would be significant. So to say, well, you know, hey, it's not all bad if Lamar doesn't make it. But is a two times MVP pretty significant, especially yeah. and if we're just going off of, you know, the passing era, right? Like what we live in now where it's like, OK, you know, Peyton Manning and um, Bill, Bill Poley and, and Tony Dungy whine so hard, you know, early 2000s Patriots were clutching and grabbing. We got to change the rules of life that we live in in the NFL. You know, since then, it's pretty much been outside of uh, LaDainian Tomlinson and, um, you know, Adrian Peterson, a quarterback award anyway. And it's been Peyton Manning. It's been Brady, you know, Rodgers, Cam, Matt Ryan had one in there. And, of course, he went to a Super Bowl and lost. But he did get to one, obviously, Lamar now. And then Mahomes multiple times and Rodgers multiple times in the last six years. I mean, all these guys have been to Super Bowls, right? All of them have. And again, if you just want to pull it all the way back to 2000, you know, you're just talking about guys like, you know, Gannon and, uh, you know, Aaron McNair and Matt Ryan is the guys and Cam Newton, the four guys who didn't didn't win Super Bowls, but they at least got there. So it would be very significant for a multi-time MVP not to make it to a Super Bowl. And then and then you get down the line to that Hall of Fame question, right? Yeah. Can you win multiple regular season MVPs? not make it to a Super Bowl and still be a Hall of Fame player. There's a school of thought that says if you have multiple MVPs, you're automatically a Hall of Famer, but are you? And can you play the whole, well, you know, he had to get through Patrick Mahomes. Well, if you're a Hall of Famer, you get through dudes that you have to get through at least once or twice. Or maybe Patrick Mahomes, hear me out here, leaves for like two years and goes to play baseball because his dad (laughs) always wanted him to play baseball and just pitches for, I don't know, the Kansas City Royals. And then comes back, and then that way Lamar gets his ring, <sighs> and um, I don't know who was another guy, and then and, and then Josh Allen gets his ring, and then we're like everybody's like, oh okay, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it could be like their Olajuwon Rockets moment. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, it, it, listen. It, so it is significant because at first I was like, well, there's got to be, you know, I'm thinking there's got to be guys that won MVPs that never even sniffed the Super Bowls here recently. No, I mean it's like all of them got to one. I mean, like you can go back for like Burt Jones was was an MVP winner, and like I mentioned, Sipe already. Um, you know, there's guys like that, and you know, going even further back, Roman Gabriel never won a Super Bowl, and John Brody. I mean, but there's you go really far back. But again, since the we became a passing league, please, you know, like here's all the tools you need to be a you know a, a quarterback driven league. Ever since we've gotten to that place. Yeah, I mean, usually if you're the MVP of the league, if you're that kind of talent, and this guy is, then you you finish it off bare minimum, getting to the dance. Yep. Uh, but not to win it, especially as again, he's gonna have two super, he's gonna have two MVPs now. And it's gonna feel so hollow. I mean, you know, if you're a Ravens fan, you're like, oh gosh, you're serious? You're two MVPs, two time MVP winner. We're not, we're not even making the Super Bowl yet. So there's gonna be that. And it, again, it's a tough neighborhood. You got. That that division is rock solid. Yep, I mean, that division is rock solid. Even this year, with Burrow being out of the mix, the Browns playing four quarterbacks. Think about that. The Browns played four quarterbacks. Steelers couldn't figure out their quarterback situation, and even when they had it figured out, it wasn't a very good one. Offensive coordinator was a clown. So that's just absolutely nuts, right? 
Yeah, and, and saying all those things, they still yeah. made the playoffs. That's the crazy part. Yeah. And even the Bengals were, were right there to possibly make the playoffs with Jake freaking Browning. So Yeah. Yeah, and again, um, you know, guys that just like like uh Nick Popejoy brings up just like the only guys he could think of that were great, like regular season numbers guys and never had postseason success would be like the likes of a Dan Fouts or Dan Marino. And in Fouts' case, you know, they, they only went to the AFC Championship once. They lost to the Bengals, and who uh, went on and lost to the 49ers. And, you know, Marino did get to the Super Bowl, lost to the 49ers once, but that's it. Uh, but again, since, like, we're going, if you look at it in the last two decades when it's become this, hey, we're, we're setting it up for you guys to be, you know, quarterback-driven league and all this other stuff, it is usually, like, if you don't have, if you don't have a Super Bowl with a star quarterback, something's wrong with you. Yeah. And, I mean, Josh Allen has not been an MVP of the league yet, but don't think they don't think about this in Buffalo, right? I oh, mean, like, yeah. I mean, come on, you know. Bare minimum, you got to get to one, Josh, at some point or another. So, anyway, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. And I think the disappointing thing from, again, from the, the Jackson standpoint yesterday and from just the Ravens standpoint was I don't feel like they played anywhere – to their strengths like it was a weird game plan it was almost like and I, I know and actually I think it was our boy Jerry Coleman that asked him this and I think it got him mad Lamar he said did you feel like you're trying to do too much out there and he get kind of was like no what, you know I kind of looked at him like you're stupid what are you asking me that for um but again he was it was almost like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stand back here and I'm gonna show you, you can throw it when they're you know it was like just hold the ball too long it was like you know in the past He's been able to like change the, change the game and change the coverages by ripping off some big runs, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well we better you know figure out what we're doing here and beat the spy and make him look bad for doing it. But he didn't have a lot of those moments yesterday, which was weird to me, you know. Um, and again, Munkin, <laughs> he's not. I know he's not one of the finalists for either one of these two jobs right now, but yeesh, that was a that was a bad day. He got a, you know he had a great season, but that was a bad day to have. You know, the guys that have been really important to you, not as involved, talking about, of course, Gus Edwards and even Lamar's legs. I mean, they had the one really good fourth down run play, which is a design run, right, when he rips off the big run and they get the first down. But outside of that, there wasn't enough of that either. You know, there wasn't enough of that either. Design plays for Lamar to get on the edge and to beat you. I don't get it. When that first scramble went for two yards and he slid feet first, I was like, well, if this is what we're going to get today, I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. That was a it was a, it was an odd day for them, no doubt. Um, all right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. K Dub says no quarterback this season that would even qualify to win MVP looks like they're ever going to win a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott doesn't look that way, and he's the only other guy I can think of that even qualifies uh, to win it other than Lamar. Hey, Baltimore fans, run the damn ball! Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, I think Purdy for a while was 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 tracking with some numbers, and then he kind of fell off the cliff. Uh, towards the end of the year, Allen just turned it over too damn much. And again, I, I would I, see. I would never, I would never have pushed Brock Purdy because again, I think again, Debo and McCaffrey are the two most offensive important important guys offensively for them. Right. But there was a time where he was number one in QBR, right, and number one in rating. I think he might have. You know what? I better check this because all the well, pur- the Purdy the Purdy clan will come after me. He might he might have finished number one in both. But yes, he's not. For whatever reason, getting the attention those two guys are. Well, there was a time, too, don't forget, where Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate yes. as well. I mean, that was early yeah. in the season, but still, no, that, those were, there were whispers there. No, no, he was. No, and he was doing it 
Um, now, he was doing it at a high level for a long time. And then, again, I'm still surprised the Eagles haven't announced that he's getting a, a uh, surgery. But, yes, I mean, he just didn't look like the same person. No, not at all. As the year went on. Although, you know what? Uh, teams also started taking away uh, taking away A.J. Brown, which maybe not coincidentally started the Eagles' issues, too. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of um, the QBR final number, it was Brock Purdy. And rating, it was also... I'm not counting Mason Rudolph's four games. I'm sorry. No, please don't. It was Brock Purdy as well. So Purdy actually was one in ratings and in uh, QBR. 31 touchdowns to 11 picks versus Dak's 36 to 9 picks. But Dak also had some touchdown runs, I believe. Lamar had the 24 TD passes, 7 picks. But Lamar also had, what, 10, 12 touchdown runs, I want to say, this year? Yeah. Hard to ignore that. that. Yeah, I think something... That was the other uh, factor there, but... Hey, look, Brock put up some numbers, but there was that, I think it was the bad stretch that kind of turned the voting against him a little bit where they, um, where they lost those consecutive games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know, man, as the season goes on here, <laughs> but this doesn't, this part doesn't count, of course. Well, it's not supposed to. We're not supposed to. Well, I take the back. Lamar had five touchdown runs. So Purdy actually really? had more. Just five? Yeah. So Purdy actually had more touchdowns, period, than than he did. Well, it seems like it was more interesting. Than that. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, he's still he's still playing. Uh, yeah. It's very fascinating. The I and K Hey, look, I understand K I'm just saying I do find it interesting that if we're gonna talk about Dak's stats and everybody else's stats, so we don't talk about Purdy's. So the reason why Purdy doesn't get the props because there's like seven quarterbacks in the NFL right now. If you put them in the 49ers, are better, but you can't. Yeah, but Purdy. Yeah, we don't know that for sure, but I guess so. I don't know. That's what the Sam Howell hive will tell you. Uh, seven five seven six. <laughs> we would say, don't oh, get the them going, Scott. They'd have been playing. Do not get them going. I know. Come on, this is why you got to tra- trade back, trade back. All right. Uh, <sighs> I got Dropkick Murphy tickets still to give away uh, between now and five. So be on the listen out for that. All right, we're gonna get to some Jim Harbaugh. Nobody's got it better than him. Uh, going to the uh, Chargers. We'll see if uh, they feel that way in a year or two. But uh, we got to. Uh, Move aside. We got James with us. Got your Sports Center. It's the Scott Jackson Show. Party Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we're brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call seven five seven injured seven five seven i n j u r e d. The corrections department, which is Richie, uh, reminded me by the way that the Chargers under Dan Fouts actually lost two AFC title games. One of which was to the Raiders and the um, Jim Plunkett led team that would go on and beat the. Eagles in that New Orleans Super Bowl, I think it was 80. And that was um, a team that was actually a wild card team, first wild card team at that point to get through to a Super Bowl and to actually win the Super Bowl. All right. Um, I want to get this Jim Harbaugh thing real quick. We'll get back out to some calls uh, at 757-687-9494 via the Ballyhoo's phone line. In his first interview since uh, taking the Chargers job, Jim Harbaugh was on CBS with Bill Cowher and James Brown yesterday in Baltimore. And so he's already talked with some of the top players in the team, including Keenan Allen, Derwin James, and uh, Justin Herbert. He said his meeting with Herbert left him feeling, you ready for this, James? A little starstruck. What? <laughs> Is it the hair? Yeah, I don't know. He was starstruck of uh, Justin Herbert, he said. Harbaugh, of course, just won the national title last month with Michigan. Played quarterback for the Chargers for 14 seasons in the NFL. He played quarterback, spent two years with the Chargers, 99-2000. And, of course, was the 49ers coach from 2011 to 2014. Ended with uh, not the most happiest of marriages there and divorces. But uh, he said this about the Chargers' opportunity. He says he loves Michigan. But I love the NFL, too. There's no Lombardi in college football. 
Also added, I've got so many sands left in my hourglass, and I want to take a crack at that. Wow, nice days of our lives. It was a hell of a days of our lives reference. I did not know uh, that Jim Harbaugh watched daytime TV ever in his life. Well, he's got to do on Peacock now, I think so. (laughs) Maybe he does. Heard he was a real big Bo and Hope fan. Um, (laughs) Harbaugh (laughs) takes over for Brandon Staley. Of course, the Chargers were a perfect 500 with Staley as their coach uh, throughout his tenure. Harbaugh will be uh, stuck with a 5-12 team and $54.2 million over the cap next year. And uh, did say this as well. He said, we work together, we win together. It's worth it of the culture that he's hoping to build. The hard work, the sacrifice, the pressure, all of it. Why would somebody put themselves through that? Because the rewards are so darn good. He was excellent during um, CBS. He actually came off as a human being. Um, And sometimes he's a little (laughs) awkward, as you know. As you know, being a Michigan fan. That is very He could be a little strange, but he was focused and he was was into talking to Cower. Of course, Cower... You know, comes in, shows the play with Harbaugh, the Hail Mary with the Colts in the playoffs, uh-huh. you know, yeah. uh, that they didn't get there. The team that ended up, of course, for Cowboys team that got to the Super Bowl that year, only to lose to the uh, Cowboys as well. All right, 757-687-9494. My man, Raider James, stand on brand, says the MVP should go to the player that was instrumental in getting their team to the Super Bowl. That being said, the MVP should be Travis Kelsey, not Lamar. Patrick Mahomes gets far too much credit for the Chiefs' dominance He's as good as he is because of Kelsey, Raider James. Really? Because Kelsey had a pretty bad stretch there. Yeah, he did. They won games without Kelsey this year, playing very well, if my memory serves me correct. Um, I I appreciate Raider James staying on brand, though. Yeah. I mean, you're a Raider fan. You can't ever give the Chiefs credit. I get it. By the way, they will be in your house this week getting ready for Super Bowl in your facility. And they're going to move around all the furniture, <laughs> They're going to move too. the furniture. they put their it. feet on the furniture. You don't even want to know what Travis Kelsey's probably going to do to some of That's your furniture. That's a good point. But anyway, I would just disinfect the place when I got back if I were the Raiders. <laughs> anyway, 757-687-9494. Ballyhoo's phone line. Let's grab Ali in Norfolk. What's up? What's up, man? In my best, my best Florida Evans voice for the city of Detroit. Dan, Dan, Dan. Is going on? Oh my god! I I was so uncomfortable watching that game yesterday. Watching this man give this thing away, I was so uncomfortable. I didn't even watch the end because I already knew the outcome. I couldn't believe how he could not see the urgency of this moment, this time of year. It is just simply to win, just survive. They're no, they don't need any style, style points, and he tried to put style points out there. It just blew. My, my, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't See, believe it. This is the way they played all year. This is what they do, and they have a crappy kicker. They have a very mediocre defense, as you know. They're trying to get more points than the 49ers. I mean, do you really think they would have beaten the 49ers attempting field goals? I'm not going to say making field goals because I have no I, idea if their kicker would have made. I, I suspect well, he would have missed at least one of them. But do you think it even matters? I mean, they, first of all, the second one, I mean, even if you tie it there, there's seven minutes left. The 49ers could take a set the ball for seven minutes. I've seen it done a million times by them and run the clock out on you and you never get it back and beat you at the buzzer. I mean, I, I, I this is what they've done that. all year. I'm more upset about Gibbs fumbling, running the wrong way, fumbling. The, the, the dumb DB who plays the ball off his face mask in Diuk's hands. And, of course, the Reynolds two drops, you know, were horrific, especially the fourth and two. But, I mean, all that stuff, you know, all that stuff adds up to me more so than the coach, you know, playing balls the wall, which is what he's done the entire year, the year before that, and the year before that. And and they're, and they're sitting they're sitting at home. I felt like maybe the defense 
uh, could have held up because because if anything, always I mean, try to get the points, try to get the points because if you don't get this, you get nothing. But he was trying to get, get points. Nothing. He was trying to get seven points, not not three. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to get he was trying to get the more points like out of it in the game. And that's just again, this is what they've done. They're the best team on fourth down in short, in particular. I mean, the the Niners aren't actually a good defense in that in that area. The second. The, the second one they had covered. The first one they did not have covered at all. I mean, that should have been, again, a first down. But, you know, hey, I mean, yeah. he's, he's going uh, to have to. Uh, that's his name? Yeah. Hit him right in his hands. Yeah. Right, right in his hands. Got to catch I him. think both passes hit him right in his hands. The ones, uh, He dropped some really bad passes. No, he did. He killed him. Reynolds absolutely killed him twice. And, again, the DB, the face mask catch, the, <laughs> the, the, the Gibbs fumble right after they got within a touchdown. Literally the next play, you fumble the ball in your own 25. It's like, oh, come it, on, man. It, is, it, was, I must, it was one of the most uncomfortable games I think I've ever seen. I, I just, well, I will say I, this, I, though. I not, the 49ers you know, got it. Whatever happened at halftime, they need to do that every game. I mean, the, the, whatever, the, do the rinse and repeat because they were a different team with a different – they were they had different intentions uh, coming out of the locker room after that crappy first well, half they put it together. Well, let me let, let me put it this way. I, 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 I'll, I'll look at it this way as well, uh, uh, a couple different ways. But when you go for it on fourth down against somebody, to me, that's like a big, the biggest form of disrespect. I, I mean, you know, you think you're just going to run through us. And the 49ers are a good enough defense that you're just not going to run right through them and um, I think they just took it took it personally. I just think they did. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, I, listen, you're you're just trying to do what what works for your team. I mean, again, part of the philosophy, whether you believe it or agree with it or not, is we're going to get the first down with four downs. That's how they look at everything. Like they look at it differently than other teams. And it, for the most part, has worked for them very well to the tune of what twelve, thirteen wins before yesterday, right? Uh, and I don't hate it because it leaves the run open on third down. Like yesterday was at third and seven, third and nine. They're running the ball and they're getting the converting. Like, you know, they'll hit yeah. the edges and like the Niners like, what the hell did this do to us? Because you don't expect the team to do that. Because in their mind, hey, if we get this to fourth and three or less, we're going for it. So they're just really trying yeah. to get six yards in that play or five yards. And yet, you know, they're getting first downs on it. So, I mean, I think from that standpoint, it's a cool philosophy, but it's it's not going to be for everybody. It's not football that people are used to. He's eliminated the field goal kicker because his kicker's not that great. And I think most of yeah. us watch games and don't want to see the kickers involved. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of well, like it. I kind of like it. Even though okay. it didn't work, I like it. <laughs> all like right, it. well, all right, man. Have a great day. All right, Ollie, take it easy. All right, 757-687-9494. Um, by the way, uh, Richie tells me that Harbaugh is a daytime TV fan. He's actually a Judge Judy fan, and he actually was on the show once. Get out. Told Bruce Feldman in an interview that she should be on the Supreme Court. And Judge <laughs> Judy is available to stream on Prime. There you go. There <laughs> That's you go. where you can watch Judge How Judy. How about that? <laughs> so, Jim Harbaugh, so he's a, streaming a fan Judge too, clearly. Judy fan, and a streamer, apparently. Wow. That's amazing. All right, let's do this right now. How uh, about the second caller for Dropkick Murphy tickets at Chartway Arena on Thursday, March 7th? Good show, right? 757-687-9494. 757-687-9494. Uh, caller number two, we'll get to you. Did you guys see what the Eagles did this weekend? Oh, you got to hear about it. We'll get to it next here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. Congrats to uh, Nick in Norfolk. He's going to see Dropkick Murphy's at Chartway Arena on March 7th. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You can get them at uh, the Chartway box office. So uh, have at them if you didn't win them. 
And uh, congrats to Nick in Norfolk. Uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, we'll be giving away uh, Billy Currington and Kit Moore uh, tickets uh, with special guest Larry Fleet at the Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion. So be ready for that coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. All right, very good stuff here on the uh, text line. 757 says, hey, guys, Lions going forward and forth them multiple times made the game more exciting. If they made it, the coach would be a hero, but he didn't, so now he's getting roasted by some of the sports media. Great job from Paco in Chesapeake. No problem, my man. Um, by the way, uh, you know, again, I, I'm not one of the ones roasting him, obviously, as you know, because you're listening to the show. Right. And I don't, again, have a problem with his philosophy or his, or his, or his uh, approach and a lot of it is getting based off of who his team is. Like his kicker, A, is not very good. Um, yeah, and shame on them. They Maybe they should have found a better kicker. Uh, B, uh, this defense is it was not going to hold up. And they weren't going to beat the 49ers just kicking field goals, right? So they weren't going to – again, kicking the one at seven and a half left. Oh, he passed up the tying field goal. You know, okay, even if they make it, at that point, there's seven-something left in the 49ers could just shove it down your throat and burn the clock and you'd have nothing to do about it because they've – do it all the time. So that was the other uh, issue here that's kind of overlooked on this. And again, most people hate kickers' guts, and now suddenly everybody wants to see the kicker being part of the game. <laughs> I don't get it. All right, so over the weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles rounded out their staff. Did you see this? I did. They have hired dun, 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 Kellen Moore, <sighs> the former Cowboys offensive coordinator, back in the NFC East with some unfinished business. So he has uh, been hired. Of course, he spent the last two years after the Cowboys unceremoniously told him to get the hell out of the building with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, some might say he helped Justin Herbert play his worst season ever. And their offense get worse. And then when he left, of course, the Cowboys got better uh, on offense. Actually, it's been one year, right? It's just one year. He one year, Sorry, yep. one year. One year. And the Cowboys actually got better after like two years ago. This guy three years ago was supposed to be like the next head coach somewhere. Kellen Moore was. And then he went from that to get the heck out of our building uh, to now on his second team or his third team in three years, which will be uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure how this is going to work, to be honest with you, because Kellen Moore, you know, one of the gripes about him in Dallas was he tended to be a little pass heavy, a little too pass heavy, right? Yep. And, you know, in, in Los Angeles, the offense regressed this season significantly um, with him. Even though I, you know, they had some talent at least at the beginning, and they had a lot of injuries, of course, like they do every year in Sandy in, in Los Angeles. But this situation in Philadelphia, one of the things that really I think kind of hurt the Eagles as the year went on was their inability to stick with the run and be consistent with it. After having you know a bit been a very balanced team throughout that playoff game was absurd how pass heavy they were. And yeah, we were talking yesterday about Lamar Jackson not running. What about Jalen Hurts in the in the in the game in that wild card round was weird too. So, Calvin Moore, who's just 35, still a young buck, right? But was, again, the coordinator for the Cowboys from 2019 to 2022. He was, his offense at one point was in the top four in points per game, uh, yards per game, and third down conversions in that time period. But definitely has taken, you know, kind of a, a fall since those years and now tries to rebuild it back up in Philly, which is not the easiest cities to be a coordinator. And I was warning him about that. A little different than Dallas or, or Los Angeles, for that matter. And, you know, this feels like if Nick Sirianni doesn't get this hire right in the Vic Fangio hire, which is the defensive coordinator, he's not getting a third chance to fill out his coordinators. No. I mean, even, even though he's been to the playoffs every single season. 
but you don't get a third chance to fix coordinators normally. Usually that's then going back on your tab and it's like, no coach, that's on you. What the heck are you doing wrong here? So this will be an interesting little experiment, uh, needless to say. And I'll, again, be fascinated to see if we get a a balanced attack or we're going to be like, you know, we're going to be spread out wide open, you know, air it out, you know, get ready for Jalen Hurts to, to put up some passing numbers that we haven't seen in the past from him and drop back numbers we haven't seen from him either. Because again, the Eagles have been best operating as a very functional you know, a very functional, balanced squad when they're when they're at their best. And even this season, you know, their passing numbers, their attempts were probably way too high. Like 538 was way too many, probably for what they should have been doing. But yet, they were still more balanced than most teams. Well, DeAndre Swift might not be back because he's a free agent. Yeah. So you don't know if it's going to be the Kenneth Gainwell show or what's going to be going on there. We might need to roll back the tape, though, because I think Hot Take Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I said Kellen Moore was going to be the offensive coordinator of the Eagles, and people thought I was crazy, and yet. I was praying for it. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, I was hoping for it. <laughs> I really was. I'm, ex- I'm excited. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that could have been better was they would have hired Rivera as the D coordinator, Moore as the offensive yes. coordinator. Yes. And, you know, all the Dolphin people tell me Vic Fangio is a dope. So, all right, cool. We'll go with that. Um, apparently, they liked him for the two weeks he was there as he helped them prepare for the Super Bowl that they lost that's, that's and got right. zero sacks in. So, whatever whatever it was, maybe he's a good dinner partner for Sirianni. I don't know. Maybe they like, you know, they, they've got common interests. I, I don't know. This, this kind of feels like, uh, you know, very, very, very much a nationalistic kind of hire. I don't know. Uh-huh. Sirianni and Fangio, the families are getting together in Philly. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I think it's very interesting, is all I'm saying, that, that he, this is the guy you fell on. And your one experience with him is your coordinator, or not even your coordinator, but in your building, was he helped you prepare for a Super Bowl in which the team that broke the record for sacks for Eagles franchise history got zero sacks. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it feels like if you're, you know, if you're looking for something optimistic, you know, as a Washington or a Giants or a Cowboys fan, that this Eagles offseason couldn't have been, you know, this could not be two worse hires. I mean, it just feels that way. Now, maybe we'll all look stupid. Maybe the Eagles are just smarter than all of us. And no, 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 no. This is perfect. Kellen Moore is exactly what you know, Jalen Hurts needed in his life. And, of course, uh, you know, Vic Fangio, who was on the retirement couch not too long ago, is uh, is the guy that um, is going to fix their defense. So, anyway. Look, it's got to be better than Matt Patricia. I will give you that. Well, yeah, anything's be better worse than Matt than Patricia. That. But is it going to be back to the Jonathan Gannon levels? Yeah, we'll see. We will see. But, man, I mean... <laughs> If this has ever been the Silver Linings playbook, I mean, of, of, the, <laughs> uh, of the off season for you know for everybody else in the NFCs to see the Eagles get saddled with Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio, okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm okay with it. Whew. Remember, Bradley Cooper says he would give away his Academy Award if they won a uh, he'd give away an Academy Award for a Super Bowl trophy. Guess he's not going to have to do that. No, he's not going to have to do that. Is he up for an Academy Award? By the way, uh, this round, I don't think so. Okay, so he's not going to have to do either. Let's see. I mean, you really don't have to do that. I mean, they just won a Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah, easy, buddy. Yeah, you really did not have to do that. But anyway, all right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494, the text line and the Ballyhoo's phone line as well. Uh, from the 757, my only issue with Campbell on on is that he didn't go for it right before halftime. Go for it before, Oh, when he kicked the field goal you're talking about. Yeah, interesting. Well, I think at that point, right, like it was so easy, you know, it was so easy to kick the field goal 
that uh, even he, he trusted his kicker there. They wanted to make sure they had the three scored lead at that point, yeah. or in two and a half scores, you know. And again, I I know today with the, and it's true historically nobody had been able to erase a twenty four seventeen lead in one quarter, right? But let's just do the math together, kids. So let's just pretend for a minute that I don't know football was like soccer, baseball, hockey, okay? And we count it by ones. So <laughs> at halftime, it would be a three and a half to one lead, okay, for the the Lions at, at halftime. So three and a half to one would have been the score. So they're really just down two and a half scores or three scores. But because we put these sixes and make it seven with uh-huh. the extra point, it just looks so scary to people. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the you know the Houston Oilers gagged a much bigger lead away to the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. You That's know, because, right. Because they couldn't kill clock because the Houston Oilers did that stupid run and shoot, right? Which was wonderful when it was working, but it sucked when you had the lead. You know, it's kind of like spread offenses now. Some teams... They don't know how to play at the league because they can't just smash you in the mouth. They can't eat up clock. You know what I mean? Well, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure Kyle's been on the other side of yes. something like this yes, before. Yes, a 28 as well. to three loss, uh, a 23 lead that was blown as well. So, like, the, it can happen. Like comebacks happen all the time. I mean, the Oilers were down, were up 35 to three at halftime, um, and again, the Falcons were down, were up 28 to three. So, I mean, there have been bigger leads. So, it really wasn't like this. Oh my God, it's so insurmountable. And again, the Niners get the ball first, you know, which which helped. Got the three there. Then they have, you know, they stop the Lions. And the next drive, they get the, you know, within one touchdown away. And then, of course, Amir Gibbs and Jared Goff. I don't know. Again, I, I guess we're blaming the running back because he looked like he went the wrong way. Yes, so that was horrendous. So anyway, not that insurmountable. But yet, some of these folks panic like it is. <laughs> some of these folks panic like, oh my God, it's such a big lead. And maybe the teams buy into it too. Like, hey, we're up 24 7. We're up by 17. That's really not that much when there's still 30 minutes of football to be played. Yeah. All right, 757 687 9494. Let's get to game balls, lame balls coming up on the other side. Uh, it is a Monday tradition here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757 injured 757 I-N-J-U-R-E-D.